0: you know the reason why i started hope for the day in 2011 was because simply that people weren't talking about it i've personally lost 16 people to suicide no one wanted to talk about it and it's because of that stigma right stigma has held us back for so long so when i started the organization i was just like how do i just get people talking before it becomes out of control right before it negatively begins to impact your life and, and the community around you
1: What's up, guys? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 21 of Be More Well. Today, we're gonna be talking a little bit about suicide and prevention with the founder of Hope for the Day, Johnny Boucher. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. Be More Well is a wellness-focused podcast that started after I found myself looking for some inspiration and ways to get my mind and body on a better track. Each week, I have conversations with health professionals, educators, musicians, trainers, athletes, and most importantly, people just like you and I. My mission here is to bring you stories from people about how they found their path to wellness, as well as some information and inspiration from experts in the field. Just like you, I'm working on becoming the best version of myself, and I hope you're able to find some insight in these conversations. If you've listened to all the episodes of Be More Well... First one in particular, you know that suicide is something that's pretty close to my heart. When I was younger, I battled some serious demons and came dangerously close to taking my own life. It's not something that's ever been easy for me to talk about. In fact, before I released this podcast and told my story, I'm pretty sure I could count on one hand how many people actually knew about it. But that's a problem, right? I mean, why was I so scared or nervous or embarrassed to tell my story? So many people out there are. The topic of mental health and suicide are things that are gaining some more traction now, but there's still so much stigma attached that people feel uncomfortable talking about it. I think looking at my own situation, and I know that I was scared to tell my story because I was worried it would hurt people, like my family. I also thought people would think I was lying, you know, just looking for attention, and that could not have been further from the truth. Now I know that talking about it is so important, and I hope that my story can inspire others to be open about their battles. Johnny Boucher has dedicated his life to helping spread the message that it's okay not to be okay. But seriously, that's literally the slogan for his organization, Hope for the Day. It's okay not to be okay. Boucher founded Hope for the Day after losing a friend and mentor to suicide. Over the last nearly 10 years now, he's taken his message from the streets of Chicago to a worldwide stage that's only going to get bigger here soon, and you'll find out why in the interview. It was such a pleasure to chat with Johnny and learn more about his history, what inspires him, and how the message continues to spread. Now, before we jump into the interview, don't forget to subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're listening to right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever it is, subscribing will make sure that you're getting updated on new episodes of the podcast when they're available. And if you feel like leaving a rating and review, I'd appreciate that. That's how the podcast powers that be, recognize what shows are making an impact and which ones to push out to new listeners. All right, so let's jump into this interview, which we recorded on Labor Day, even though both of us kind of forgot that it was technically a holiday. But I was like, oh man, I totally forgot Monday is Labor Day and I feel like that's life for me right now because I never leave the house. So I forget that right. we actually have special days now. Right,
0: you know, and you're like, I'm, I'm, I tried calling some people and they're like, yeah, what's up, man? I'm like, nothing, just seeing how your Labor Day is going. <laughs> they're like, yeah? And I'm like, I feel like it's disrespectful to ask you to do something right now.
1: <laughs> I did see some trash guys out in my neighborhood collecting trash and I was like, wait, I feel like that's not allowed today. Of all days, that's not allowed.
0: right. It's so funny that, you know, now in, in COVID world, we don't understand the luxury of taking time off. And when we do, we feel like we have to like absorb our minds with a bunch of shit, like Instagram and Netflix and all this other stuff. Like everyone tried sourdough once and just, it didn't work out. So they said, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's so funny because we tried that in my house and we did it once and we're like, yeah, never again.
0: (laughs) I'm all for it. You know, I'm really, I'm all for it. I just think it's funny how like things like baking bread all of a sudden became a trend and it's like, well, how do you think your bread has been made for you all your life? It's been big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are right, though, about people replacing, you know, just relaxing and taking time off with work and with mindless things like Instagram and whatever. And and, and it is interesting because I feel like I've been a lot more productive working from home, but I do feel like I'm working a lot more hours than I would. It's just spread out and done differently than, say, a normal, you know, stereotypical eight hour day.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like my my partner, Caitlin, she, she's, she was the first to say it, she's like, you are. All our relationship have been really good about keeping work and life kind of like separate yet, you know, combined. And I know you only take calls when you need to. She goes, but you would stop at like five o'clock. And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, it's 7 30, and you're right. about to get on a fucking Zoom call. And I was like, Uh, you're right. <laughs> you know, because what's time now? But um, there's so much luxury in, in, in time, and that's why I'm like, the time that I do take to like try to actually do something, I'm like, how do I really invest in myself and my people? Um, and, and it's, and, and, so when people are like, Hey, have you seen this show? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I can't do it. At the moment I sit down and actually stop, I fall asleep, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's all good, man. I, unfortunately, I should say probably gotten used to just not working all the time, but being in hope for the day mode all mm-hmm. the time that I, I, I'm just, I, I don't know. I can turn it off though, pretty easily. When we're we're not in the middle of a week where we're releasing we're releasing a track with Demi Lovato and Marshmallow. So.
1: <laughs> which we're definitely going to talk about in a little bit here because that's got to be yeah. very exciting for you guys. But uh, hope for the day as an organization, uh, you know, a lot of organizations right now during the pandemic, especially, have struggled because they've lost a lot of the big events that have helped them raise the money they need to do the work that they're doing. Uh, but not only are you an organization that you know has to raise money and stuff, but you also are an organization that deals with mental health troubles. And that's a big thing we've been hearing a lot more about during the pandemic, too. So how has the situation in the country, in the world, how has that been impacting Hope for the Day for you? Our
0: resource page and our find help page is getting more traffic than ever. Mm-hmm. And people are usually like, oh, yeah, we're getting more website traffic. And, and as great as that is, and people are utilizing those resources, it just really goes to show you that there's a lot of people out there that that are tapping into our resources, whether it's for themselves or for others, which I'm grateful for. It's just the, the writing on the wall is that we're seeing more web traffic than ever, which means that there are more people than ever understanding that, uh, you know, what they're going through, they need, they need a, you know, they do need to talk about. It. One thing that I've really seen um, a massive uptick for us, you know, as an organization is our virtual mental health education workshops. We offer for, offer them for free throughout the week and we have just been educating the masses. Every time you go into a room for education on Zoom or uh, sometimes Skype for business, it's just jam packed with so many different walks of life. And one thing that we're all in, you know, got in common is that we're all connecting through Zoom. But the other things are that, you know, we're just so many people are being shook up in different ways mm-hmm. right now. So I think that it's a beautiful opportunity to say, how do we provide the best tools but on the other side of that, us internally, we really, really have been talking a lot as an organization just about how do we avoid burnout? How do we know when we take time for ourselves? Because that's the, that's just as important as being able to provide resources and, and education to people because if we don't take care of ourselves, how are we gonna take care of others? And I think that that's what COVID has really taught a lot of people is just for so long, we as humans have neglected probably our everyday ebb and flow. And understood the impact or sometimes the negative impact that it has had on our on our personal lives or our individual self. So, while everyone was told to stay home, I hope they also, you know, figured out good ways to, you know, utilize that time. Just because there's so much opportunity now to learn more about ourselves, learn about our cultures, the stigmas that attach themselves, uh, you know, not just culturally but you know in society in general. The fact that you and I are two men and we've both been told the boys don't cry and I cry all the time mm-hmm. and I'm open about it. I mean, that's the, that's some of the silver lining is that we're able to talk about it where we're not just talking about mental health or suicide in a reaction to someone either dying or, or, you know, attempting suicide. So it's, it's a yin and yang, but it, it is good to know that we, uh, as a mental health community have really, really good structures in place for as many people as we can take in, you know, really serve.
1: Uh, I know I want to talk more about what you guys have going on uh, with hope for the day, you know, right now and moving forward. But just in case, I always forget this sometimes in interviews that you and I have spoken and I'm familiar with your organization, but there are people yeah. that might be listening that, that don't necessarily know what hope for the day is all about. So, so take me back a little bit. What is hope for the day? Yeah. Where did it come from?
0: So hope for the day at the, you know, on the front page of what we do is very simple. We empower The Conversation on Proactive Suicide Prevention and Mental Health Education, meaning we're here to start the conversation and then be that bridge to further resources, further education, and further opportunities for you as individuals to take the conversation into your community because it is just so important that we know how to talk about it. And, you know, the reason why I started Hope for the Day in 2011 was because simply that people weren't talking about it. I've personally lost... 16 people, the suicide, my aunt, my uncle, on my mom's side, my boss, Mike, who is a huge uh, deal in the, in the in the music industry, like, no one wanted to talk about it. And it's because of that stigma, right? Stigma has held us back for so long. So when I started the organization, I was just like, how do I just get people talking before it becomes, like, out of control, right? Before it negatively begins to impact your life and, and the community around you. Um, and, and so, when we started, it was really an opportunity for me to see what's available right now. What are some other opportunities out there for us to create? Just because I say this all the time, hope for the Day proudly is part of the mental health community. You know, we brush shoulders with you know NAMI and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and all these great organizations that we consider partners of ours in this fight. Because it takes more than just one to get us where the entire world isn't thinking about suicide, right? So it's a big group effort. But we realized early on that our strength was just starting the conversation. And so in 2011, you know, I completely changed my life. I left the music industry to start Hope for the Day. And it was only to go back to the music industry one day and say, hey, how do we work together on bringing our message that it's okay not to be okay to as many people as possible? And we just tapped into really a lifestyle, um, you know, choice of believing that you can talk about mental health. And then we made it cool with it. You know, we were the first mental health organization in the world to have our own coffee, to have our own beers. And we just choose to think do differently and do differently. And I think that's what Steve Jobs wanted us to do. So for us, we're just trying, you know, we're starting the conversation to get people to think differently, and then act differently. And, and that means that we have to get past the Reactionary side of of mental health and suicide. We only talk about it after a celebrity or a high profile person yeah. either dies or tries, right? So we got to get back, you know, to the roots. And, and what's troubling is that we look at our education system right now, and there's a lot of people who want to poke a lot of holes in it. I've always wanted to poke a hole in it and say, where is the conversation around mental health? Yeah. Where is the conversation on you know growth and and, and growing up and understanding that our bodies are going to take these changes because. I think we got that in physical health a little bit. I, I got, I guess we got a little bit of that in sex health. We got none of that in, 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 you know, drug health or anything like that. But when it came down to it, we missed a huge opportunity because everything that we've ever been wanting to get educated on, other than well, even math, I guess, it has this human connection, right? Mm-hmm. And if we don't understand what it does to us as humans, how are we ever really going to create opportunities to make change? And that's why our mental health education work that we do is just so important and so profound because we've been able to educate so many people just by taking it from a different angle and letting people know we, we don't care who you are, where you come from, mental health and stigma don't care either. But what we do do is invite you to the table so I can understand and get you know get your experience because I'm a, I'm, I'm a white privileged man and I can only speak from my experience and I will only speak from my experience. I'm never gonna tell anyone else how to feel. But the more that we can we can you know learn from others and learn how maybe this is a cultural signal or this is something that's going on in society, then we're able to build strength around that. But we can't get anywhere if we don't start the conversation. And sadly, the conversation is usually started after someone has completed or or attempts suicide and and then you as the friend or the family members left. Well, what could I have done better? Well, we as a society can do a lot better right now and get education to the forefront when it comes to mental health and start young because it doesn't matter what age you are. You can have a good day or a bad day, very young in life and very, very old. So why don't we bridge that gap and just start there instead of trying to tell people that this is what depression looks like. This is what schizophrenia looks like. We have to get to a place where we can digest it first. And that's what we do. We just try to make it easy to talk about. And then from there, we can say, hey, here's your resources. Hey, Here's education, but here are the tools for you as a community member to go out in your community and serve your community.
1: And I love that you're you're inspiring people to to have the conversation, to start the conversation. You know, a brief story about myself. I mean, I'm turning 40 next year, but when I was 14, 15 years old, I was very suicidal and came dangerously close to uh, trying to take my own life. And thankfully, I did not go there. But even still. It was up until about a year ago before I really told anybody about it. You know, I didn't talk about it. And it was a, a weird thing where I sort of felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. You know, I right. felt like it was a part of my past. And and that was something that touched me very closely. And even I didn't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? And and, and it's, so it's interesting how even people that go through it still have a hard time having that conversation. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't have a hard time opening our, our mouths and our lives to other people.
0: No, we shouldn't. But because we're so scared for, of people hearing maybe something bad about us that we hide from it. And, I, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. I was diagnosed with PTSD in late 2018. Mm. And it's because in early 2018, I experienced a shooting here in the city of Chicago, which everyone's going to go, yeah, that's what you hear, you hear about every single day. <laughs> hey, I live in Baltimore. <laughs> so
1: I got you. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know exactly. I'm like, we're, we, we we are definitely cut from very similar class here. But the thing is, is that you know, after I, I, I almost caught a street bullet and mm. <clears throat> in a shootout that I had nothing to do with or anything like that. I'm, I'm not, I don't own a gun or anything like that. So for me, it really opened my eyes how quick I could be, you, you know, come, unfortunately a victim of, of, you know, gun violence and whatnot. But what happened was I didn't tell people about it for a while. Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to brush it off. I'm going to be a man. I don't know why, mm. but for so long, I just held that back. And we had gone out over the summer of 2018, like we do every summer. We go out and do outreach with our partners at Live Nation and the Vans Warp Tour. And I came home and I had just moved into a new apartment in, in Chicago. And I just, I wasn't feeling good about it. I wasn't feeling good about it at all. I, w- I was really having a hard time mustering up the ability just to leave my apartment. So I didn't do what anyone did would do in that situation just keep not talking about it until one day I was like oh my gosh this is bad you know like I I feel like I can't go do anything I feel almost held back from so much in my life and one of my colleagues was like dude why don't you just reach out to your therapist and I was like yeah you're right I was like all right I'm gonna go and then I and then I was like uh you know because I was traveling so much I was like hey can we do this whole telehealth thing which we're huge advocates for telehealth um, at Hope for the Day is one of the many tool- tools in your toolbox. And so I, I reached out to a therapist. She goes, Johnny, aren't you the guy that says it's okay not to be okay? And I looked down <laughs> on my sweatshirt. And It was a Hope for the Day sweatshirt. And I was like, don't you use my words <laughs> against me? Jeez. But it opened my eyes to how quickly it is that we mask these things. And the moment that I had that conversation, I, I felt like I lost 10 pounds of of just unnecessary stress. And, and then from there i was able to figure out some tools that worked for me to keep you know progressing but the one thing is, is that you had to keep talking about it and and so i'm a huge advocate for just letting people know that if you got something to talk about you gotta open up about it and no one's gonna you're not gonna get in trouble like this isn't that that's not how things go anymore like the more you open up the more people are like oh yeah I feel the same way yeah. and you're like, oh wait really i've been hiding under this rock scared to talk about it and yet now i feel like, there's others out there. And the truth is, we say it all the time, the truth is the more we talk about mental health, the more we realize we're not alone. So it is important, but there are a lot of things that hold us back. And, and, and it's never to say that anyone's journey is different um, or harder than the others, because there are so many things that we neglect when it comes to just the pathway of talking about our mental health. And I know that deep down in, inside the moment I opened up, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. But I knew that I also couldn't take many more days of just pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down and not, you know, living free.
1: One thing that I I feel like comes from a lot of this conversation and being open is a sense of community. And I know for me personally, um, I don't know if I would have, would have been able to survive without the community that I found when I was younger in the sort of punk and hardcore community. I grew up North of Boston yeah. and I was introduced to the straight edge movement. And, and I don't know if I would be here today, had that have not been a part of my life then. And I know that you came from a very similar world, albeit in Chicago, but you oh, came yeah. from a similar world. And, and I feel like that is something that is a community, but it still doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's really willing to, to open their mouths and talk about it all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah you're right you know i i found in the punk rock and hardcore scene here in chicago and the more that i uh did shows because i started doing shows when i was 13 the more that i was producing shows here and opening my doors to people and other bands from different regions of the country the more i just felt more aligned with these people and that we could have these hard conversations but then Every now and then, there'd be a front man uh, or a front woman of a band who would come through and just say something from stage that would just take me away, and I'd be like, "Yo, that thing that you you said, what what were you what were you talking about?" You know, and that's funny enough how I found out about veganism, straight edge, all these you know things that we weren't really taught in school, but then it really opened my eyes to. The fact that if you see something you have to say something and that's how we create change in this world and that's actually what i have tattooed on my on my uh left you know hand right here is 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 that because the more that i was seeing that my community was being really really beaten down by suicide you you know amongst my friends and my family members i just i had to speak up about it not just be like okay because that's what unfortunately we've done we've accepted a lot of trauma in our lives Outside of suicide, you know, like speaking of you know gun violence and 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 so many things, like there are so many things that we have taken on in society and we have accepted, um, but we we don't learn from them. And I felt like when I was in a punk rock sh- like show with like three hundred people in it and singing along, there was always going to be that one informational table that I could lean into and learn about maybe another community or another topic um, that's that's happening in this world that I wasn't really. I would have my eyes open to. Uh, nor would they be open to it in my, my school book.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big way that I learned about so much too. I mean, I remember distinctly the first time that I ever saw uh, the band Converge play live, I went into their sort of merch area and there were like three bands on the show, but there was eight or nine different tables and it was, wasn't was just here's shirts for Converge and for the other bands. It was like, here's a table about veganism. Here's a table about this mm-hmm. organization. And I remember just having my eyes open to so many things and going back to school as a 15, 16 year old thinking all of my friends, I'm like, you guys don't know all this crazy stuff that's out there. And I'm not saying you got to believe everything you hear, but at least your eyes are being open to what was out there in the right. world, you know, and I wasn't getting that, like you said, in my school environment or my normal, you know, clicks or whatever in high school, but it was there at these shows. And I feel like that's a great way that you were able to get your organization out there, too, because you got in front of these people in these situations like Warp Tour and other shows, and we're saying like, hey, here's what we're all about.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I'm a firm believer of meeting people where they're at, where, where they're at, and not where we expect them to be. And one of the people who, unfortunately, is on that list of 16 people is my uncle. He uh, was a, a, a very, very, um, you know, I, I, it was, it was a very sad story because of how long we allowed him to really, really abuse alcohol without anybody speaking up about it. But knowing that he was really drinking himself to death eventually one day uh as a result was just it it was heartbreaking for me but it opened my eyes to something that not a lot of people like we're we're going to be exposed to and so for me i I just that's why we probably work with the alcohol industry is because it wasn't you know the the bottle of scotch that my uncle is drinking's fault every single day it was my uncle's fault and there are so many people in this world who we see um (laughs) we see are, are always uh, are, are unfortunately tied to a lot of different vices and, 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 and we don't talk about them until it's like a huge issue. And so I would rather partner with the alcohol industry to nurture people who are just like my uncle and maybe, you know, meet them right there at the bar, but have a conversation that opens their eyes and, 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 and create opportunities with, you know, different manufacturers to put resources on, <clears throat> on, on, the, on the bottle, on their packaging, just so if anybody is sitting there late night hitting the bottle, I'd rather they see that number than not see it at all. So I would just rather do anything and everything we can to meet people where they're at. That means going out on on, on the Vans work Tour and melting away in, in a glorified <laughs> parking lot, uh, you, you know, than to do, you know, amazing things with food and beverage and lifestyle, like work with some amazing brands over the years to just allow their community to feel like they are actually heard and you know we're doing that this this week for suicide prevention week inside of you know suicide prevention month we got world suicide prevention day on nine ten, and it's just again it's another opportunity for us to meet more people where they're at and let them know it's okay not to be okay and what cooler way to do it than to do it with some of the largest artists uh, in the world right now
1: so how did you get, or maybe I should say this, because I, I want to transition into this. I think it's pretty amazing what you guys have coming up here and what you've been able to accomplish. Uh, but what was that moment? I mean, this started in 2011, as you said, and it was a passion project for you because it meant so much to you. But there had to be a moment where you thought, okay, this this is working. Like, this is something that we're going to be able to take out of my apartment and take it to a national <laughs> stage and, and, and you know, yeah. really, really turn some heads and really open some eyes.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So, in 2013, I was shooting these little video series called Music Save My Life, and we were just going after a bunch of different genres and a bunch of different artists, because we were like, yo, this would be really cool to be able to, you know, work with some great artists, but also showcase more than just, like, so tell me, like, like a video about, like, so tell me about your new album. Like, Right. we wanted to really dive in deep, and and it's because... We gotta, we gotta face the facts. Like we rely on artists for so much in life and they don't always get the, you know, the story that, uh, that they wish they could out there. So I was like, well, Music Saved My Life will not only talk about music, but it will also talk about what these artists are going through and how they find, you know, therapy or how they find their remedy by pre- making music for their fans as one of their things. They're in the toolbox because it also does something for them too, especially when you're writing, you know, music that you really care about and you're genuinely, uh, you know, passionate about. So we, we, we've just always dialed in on that. And I was sitting backstage at a festival and a guy comes up to me and goes, I love what you're doing. This thing is really cool. How can we bring this out like on tour, like this whole, like hope for the day, like, Thing you got going on how are we bringing it on tour and i was like i don't know we don't have any money <laughs> and he was like well you know maybe you should think about it and let's just talk about it at the uh the end of the year right after the holiday you know maybe we can get you involved with some of the things we're doing next year so it was like i'd always believed in it i'd always believed in it but july uh, january 7th of 2014 i got on the phone with kevin lyman who started bands warp tour yep. and i was like all right man uh so how much would it be for us to be on the Vans warp tour and he he put together this little budget for me and i was just like yeah no way like we don't have that kind of money and he's like well have you ever raised money for you know your organization i was like yeah like little events and stuff but like we've never raised like thousands of dollars to go out and do outreach he's like how about i make it easier for you he's like i'll give you another budget and this is just all the things that you know you're gonna have to cover so you can go and actually fundraise and I'll do anything I can to help you get there. And I was like, Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, we saw that budget and I was like, still no freaking way. But then I was like, well, wait, wait, maybe we should do this. We're not we try it. So we that year raised money to go out on the Vans warp Tour. The moment we raised enough money to go out on the tour, I was like, all right, how do we take this everywhere else? And we just started working with old friends of mine from the music industry in different parts of the world and we focused on Europe to be the next place. So 2014 was like the launch pad of us leaving the city of Illinois or the city of Chicago, the state of <laughs> Illinois, and and really um, going out and, and giving it our all and learning. And that year, we expanded into 22 countries.
1: Wow. So
0: <laughs> on like a shoestring budget, I mean, I don't even know if you could purchase a pair of shoes with that budget we had. <laughs> Uh, I I swear it was, it was, it was wild. And I remember a friend of mine going, dude, I gotta say, this is awesome, but I think you are absolutely nuts. And I go, why? And he's like, where's your security? Where's, where's everything that you, you you know, I got, I got a security blanket. I got a 401k, got this, I got that. I'm like, that's cool. That's for you. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I would rather roll the dice because I'm young enough to get back up on my feet. If I fall down, I was 25 when I said that, and I I just turned 35 and to get it to a place where I actually was going to, you know, put, put it all together. It's just, it's amazing that, you you know, hope for the day not only exists, but it thrives in a, uh, a, a, in in its own manner. It's a machine of its own that I'm just so grateful that I stuck with it. And I didn't listen to everyone, all the naysayers. I didn't listen to the doubt. I was, I didn't listen to anything because after that I was like, the world is our freaking oyster. And let's, let's go. And we, we didn't stop and we haven't stopped. Even with COVID, we haven't really stopped. Uh, we haven't flown anywhere in a while, which is the only <laughs> difference, but we haven't stopped our expansion, our reach and everything. has just always been like, go, 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 go. And it's because we knew that the more that we talked about things, the more others wanted to talk about it with us. And that was, that is the, the best thing you could ever ask for. Um, Especially when you are trying to do anything within charity, you know, you're just like, it's very hard. It's very difficult. Like, I challenge everyone to um, do something for others every single day. And I have the blessing to say that that's my job too.
1: It's amazing. So you go from booking shows to starting your own organization to hitting the road on the Warp tour and now you've got a song coming out with Marshmello and Demi Lovato, <laughs> arguably two of the biggest <laughs> names in pop music right now, which is, is such a shift. I mean, I I bet in the back of your mind somewhere you're thinking how how did the, wh- why am I do what's going on?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it really is. And I think that it's anything. So we uh, we we get a lot of credit around our our slogan it's okay not to be okay. Mm and you know when we first really dove in on that message um which was in 2014 i i was talking to one of our employees and, I, and he was like what's wrong i go i'm just so angry and it was just because i had just lost another friend yeah. to suicide and i'm like I'm so angry he goes why i go man i just wish people knew that like ugh, that it's okay like not to be okay. And Carl in our office goes, What did you say? I said, It's okay not to be okay. I just wish people, you know, and I, I was swearing a lot more. <laughs> I wish people just understood that because if they understood that I feel like we would be able to reach more people in general and just have this be this conversation that we're not just waiting for another celebrity to take their life around. And he goes, but say that one more time. I said it's okay not to be okay. And he goes, that's it. Yep. That's it right there. He's like, that's our that's our piece of art. That is our that's our piece of art that we take and we allow people to take it and do whatever they want with it. And that's truly been the best way that we can go and meet people where they're at, and now we're expecting them to be and not by saying if you're depressed, call us number. It's hey, it's okay not to be okay. And the moment you start understanding that is the moment that you can start to really empower that. And we've had people from all around the world reach out to use the slogan because we have it copywritten and, and trademarked and all that awesome stuff. Um, but We never thought (laughs) I'd be getting an email saying, hi, Johnny, we'd like to talk to you about a special project. And it was from Scooter Braun's office.
1: Yeah.
0: I was like, I was like, whoa, someone from Scooter Braun's office wants to talk to us about something. This is wild. And it's always because I've, I've always valued what Scooter has done. I know um, some people have different opinions about him, but I, I feel like anybody who goes all in on music to create a world that, not only takes care of them, but takes care of so many. Um, uh, you, you know, you really need to, yeah. to, to be grateful for that because we wouldn't have a lot of things that we have now uh, if it wasn't for some of those actions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder who these artists are gonna be. So <laughs> I hop on the phone call and I get like this Zoom uh, like link and I see a bunch of people and I'm like, wait, I don't know anybody's names. And I'm like, oh this person manages this artist this person manages this artist i was like well i wonder what this is gonna be <laughs> and uh they're like all oh, right, johnny so uh, we'd like to talk to you about you know park partnering with us on a track um and uh it's with uh demi lovato and marshmallow and i was just like holy crap all right uh what do you uh what do you guys want to do and they had wrote the song um and they were, you know, really inspired by the work that we 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 do, and so I was like, this makes so much sense, you know, to just collaborate on this track. So the exciting thing is, is that it it gets released on World Suicide Prevention Day, and the track is called "Okay Not to Be Okay," um, and it's you 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 couldn't have asked asked for two, um, you know, better artists to come together and work with uh, on on this project because it's. I mean, it's, it's ingrained in their DNA already as two artists who really care. They both have been very, very open with, um, with, with, with that. And, and it's just, it's what's needed right now more than ever. And I couldn't, I I mean, I, I jokingly, I told my staff, I was like, I'd want to do a track with either like a pop or hip hop artist or on our slogan. And I said this last year in September and i was like i wonder who'd be and then you know the time has flown by and and lo and behold um that email has turned into a a partnership that we're really really proud of and that we're going to do a lot of good with we're going to invite a lot of a lot of people to come get educated with us and just strengthen themselves and their minds and their hearts to go out there and be the ones who just think differently about mental health and, and champion that but also when they are having a rough day, they can lean on that track and and, and get through that day and continue living the life that they deserve and desire.
1: I think it would be incredible for you guys if any artists reached out and wanted to work with you on something. But I, I do think there is something special about this because, as you said, uh, Demi has been very upfront about her struggles with mental health, and she's been very vocal yeah. about how important you know getting help can be and talking to people can be. I don't know much about Marshmello's history; I know him as an artist, but not much about his history. But I, I think when you have someone that's already been walking the walk and talking the talk, I mean, I think there is some authenticity um, there that really will help hammer the message home even harder
0: yeah absolutely and marshmallow when he did uh, that track happier like it really i was like wow that's a nice track um and it was well before it really hit the radio waves my brother works for dead mouse and okay. so you know he my little brother grew up going to hardcore shows uh that i'd put on and he was like the 13 year old that would stage dive and be a maniac and just have fun um but he he gets that same sense of community that I got from punk rock, that, you know, that he does by working in the EDM world. And and we had been talking for a while about how important um, Hope for Today's work would be inside that community, just internally, especially with, you know, Ivici's passing and and just how 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 big of an eye opener that was. But to know that we get to not only dabble with a little bit of the EDM world and, and the pop world. Then we get to dabble with the entire pop world with Demi too. Um, so it's just, it, it's really exciting. And it's really a, a, an opportunity that we're just so grateful to be able to, um, you know, be a part of and, and, and also do a lot of great work with them because we at hope for the day are all about collaborating. We love to build mutually beneficial partnerships, not just like, you know, care about us for this little period of time. And then you'll never hear from us. It's like, we really try to create sustainable partnerships. So I'm really excited to see where this goes and where we can take it with all the uh, support and powers that be that we do have uh, supporting this from Scooter Braun's team to Marshmallow's team. And, and, you know, the, the song is a jammer and it's, it's going to be the fall into winter. And then I swear, I know it is going to be, <laughs> and it's, it's what we need now, you know, now more than ever.
1: I can't wait to hear it. But I also love that that you aren't afraid to branch out into different things. You know, a lot of organizations will do amazing work, but they find their lane and they stay in their lane. You're not afraid to jump and work with different people. I know even on your website you've got programs um for people, you've got military-based programs, you've got LGBTQ programs, you've got programs for all sorts of different folks as well because, you know, every situation is a little bit different for people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> I'll, I'll be the first to admit that the, the traditional mental health community has been very, very driven towards a white demographic. And we see that a lot here in the city of Chicago where we do a lot of local work because we'll go down to the south southwest you know parts of the city that are very diverse and, and and we hear it all the time, oh my gosh, you guys care about black people's mental health. And we love to say that we care about everybody's mental health. And it's, it's okay to say that, but if you don't have actual tools and resources for communities that you're trying to work with, then again, you, you, you're telling them how to feel. You're not listening to them. And, and I think that 2020 has taught us uh, that we need to listen more instead of open our mouths more and feel like we do have all the solutions. Cause I'll be absolutely the first to admit that I don't have those, but together we can build them. And, and a buddy of mine said, man, it's like, you're like the, the Tom Brady of mental health. said, why? And he, and he said, because, you know, you get a lot of praise for the organization that you built, but you, you really rely on your team to build the tools for you to become champions. And I was like, Okay, I'm a Bears fan though. Or <laughs> <But laughs> well, um, I get it, but that 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 right there is it again. You know, as a white privileged man, I cannot speak to anybody's experience other than my own. But I can build more tables and chairs mm-hmm. to allow people to pull up and have a seat at the table and feel heard, and allow us to understand so we can create those tools like we have done for the military, the LGBTQ plus community. You have the food and beverage community throughout one of our programs. We're just trying to do what's right instead of it just saying one size fits all and that's mental health because that is that is crap. So we 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 need to build that, you know, especially in our country where we're talking about building walls, we need to break down the walls that bind us from these hard conversations and actually, you know, come together and 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 do what you know we're supposed to do, and that's have hard conversations, create better solutions, and then implement them for better for, for better days ahead not just for yourself, for future generations
1: think one thing that uh, a lot of people have talked more about during the pandemic specifically has been mental health. And I think it has opened up a lot of people to understanding that maybe they have to make some changes in their life, or maybe life was not going in a in the right path for them. And now they know that. And I, that's one thing that I hope sticks with us when things start to get back to some semblance of normalcy. Like I want people to remember, hey, that wasn't working for me. I should not go back down that path again. I really need to focus right. on right.
0: Right, right, right. Absolutely. And I love the, when I do go on Instagram, I always hope to see something that like what was normal wasn't working for everybody. And I'm like, damn straight. It wasn't working for everybody. (laughs) And, and I think that it's like anything when we, when we face change in in life, you know, there's some, there's a, a massive amount of uncertainty that you, you come across, but the more that you really lean in and become comfortable with, talking about those things and learning about it you realize okay maybe I haven't been doing it right the whole time and there's a lot of room for improvement and that's that's okay but I, I challenge anyone who thinks that we're all in the same boat to say no we're all in the same ocean really and some of us still have a yacht some of <laughs> us have like a little paddle boat and some of us are like jack in the final scene of titanic holding onto a piece of yeah. wood and we may not make it and so we we just need to understand that during these times, we have been challenged to listen more than ever. And if you're missing that big, big lesson, it's, 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 you know, when things get back to quote unquote normal, or, you know, we have the new reality, you're going to be pressed more than ever to really change and, and look at how you, you live your life and, and. Some people take that stuff uh very very to heart and they get very defensive and, and I'm even a victim of some of that too but I I try to lean in and go, ah, "Well, maybe maybe I didn't know that that was how it's supposed to go or you, you know and like that's the beauty of learning, but it's also hard to, you know, find time when you know you have the Instagram death you know uh scroll going on and then you turn on any news channel and it's just it's not a healthy environment. So I try to I try to really challenge people to like build some opportunity in your day to work out and like listen to a good podcast or listen to an ebook or just listen to a new album you haven't listened to. Because if you're working out or if you're like me, who I ride my bike every single day, I can't be on the gram and double tap the things I like while I'm cruising down the road uh, because people don't look out for you, (laughs) you know? And it's really not that important. You're starting to realize too. Um, and, and, And so for me, I think that, uh, if, if I can just lean into those uncomfortable conversations with our community members and our staff to see how we can build better solutions, then damn it, why wouldn't we build that better solution that does eventually allow us to serve all much better than once we, you know, were doing.
1: I know the song right now is a big thing on the top of your plate, uh, but you also just launched a program uh, called the Stigma Swear Jar. You want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. So September being Suicide Prevention Month, we as an organization really never honed in on campaigns. But um, this year I was like, well, you know, we, we need to figure out some solutions because we can't say no to, to things. We always have to say yes. That's kind of my mentality. Because <laughs> um, I just I want to say yes to the opportunity to bring education and, sure. and resources anywhere. So I went to our team and I was just like, hey, we should do something fun. And I was like, but we should do something kind of aggressive. I feel like a very 2020 and that's very hope for the day on brand. Um, I'm known at our, at our, you know, our galas, uh, which we call the hope ball because it's, it's the coolest party in mental health. Um, I am known for being a little, uh, um, you know, vocal on them on the mic. And I just choose to think that, you know, if, if something's in your way, you can tell it to get the hell out of your way. And Stigma Swear Jar is exactly that. We're inviting everyone for the month of September to go to stigmaswearjar.com. And there's a little um, there's a little jar there. And the first thing you see is a little field where you can write a note to Stigma. I like to tell Stigma to kiss my ass a lot. Um, but <laughs> for others, people have been very creative with this. Um, and 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 it's fun because you get to go there. You get to have a little bit of fun. But at the same time, you get to swear and then put a buck or two in the swear jar, and all that money goes to help us educate more people, which is just so crucial. Our goal for 2020 was to educate 20,000 people, and we're already we've already surpassed 22,000 people educated this year, and, and and we have no plans of stopping. In fact, our education department is saying, "All right." how do we you know, do as much more in, in three and a half months left in this year uh, to get as close to 30,000? And I, I love this part of my job because I just sit back and go, all right, well, you guys figure it out. Let me know what you guys need from me. And lo and behold, our team is just doing an amazing job. But stigma swear jar is just a fun little way of getting people involved. But what we've also have seen is a lot of people don't know what stigma is. Mm. So we've been able to double down on education, a lot of education on stigmas, both social ones and cultural ones um, that attack all of us. You know, today, you know, we, we have a, a video up about boys, don't, boys don't cry. Like, yeah, it's, that's crap. Boys do cry and, <laughs> and talking about your, you know, your, your mental health uh, doesn't make you weak. It actually, only, it makes you stronger uh, when you talk about it. Funny enough, right? But that's a stigma. And so we just really are just trying to have a lot of fun with this. But the goal is to get people to go to stigmasweardo.com. Tell stigma how you really feel, donate and support suicide prevention. And then go out there and share your story on your socials. We've seen a lot of people take their stories, you know, publicly. And it's not to say that your story is more important than others, but by talking about mental health, we're able to realize that we're not alone. So the more that we can be influenced by our friends and our family members who have maybe experienced that and and we get that insight, we're we're so much, you know, we're so much better off with that knowledge than holding on to those skeletons and those scary thoughts and, and and just hiding from it because it's everywhere everybody's been impacted because if you have a brain that means you have good days and you have bad days and so at stigmasweardar.com i want i want to hear how stigma has impacted you but how you know how you really feel about the situation <laughs>
1: Well, Johnny, I love what you're doing, man. It means uh, so much to so many people that uh, you've created this organization. That you've gone out there and you've, you know, put blood, sweat, and tears into spreading this message around the country, around the world. And you continue to really uh, break down these walls and continue to push forward. And I love that you're doing that. And you know, it, unfortunately, it came and it came to be uh, be a thing because of losses that you suffered in your life. Uh, but there are people out there that are very lucky that have not lost anybody to suicide. So I know you've got some numbers in your head. Can Can you just throw out some numbers of what kind of impact suicide has on this country? Yeah. Or the world? Oh,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It's it's everywhere, right? So, you know, globally, over 800,000 people die by suicide every year. And I think those numbers are a little off just because for so long, uh, accountability and record keeping hasn't been up to the best. And also stigma, you know, a lot of stigma. Um, but uh, here in America, we're looking at about 132 a day on average, about 48,000 annually. Um, but one thing that's really important to to really drive home is that for every one person that completes suicide, on average, they have a sphere of influence or a community that they impact um, between 100 to 500 people. And it's, it's interesting. People sometimes look at like their Instagram followers or their Facebook friends as the amount of friends that we have. But as we're growing up, there's so much energy that's given and we give to other people. And so when, when people do, you know, complete, the impact is so much larger. And that's the scarier part about it too, is that for every one completion, there's going to be over a hundred attempts. And that, that's just, to me, that's a that's a staggering that's a staggering number to think about because if we're losing so many people and then there's so many people who are struggling and we're not talking about it, those numbers are only prone to go up. But we believe that the more we talk about it, the more that we'll obviously realize that we're not alone, but also that those numbers can uh, go down. But um, it's 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 not about those. It's about <clears throat> it's really about honing in on you as the individual and the power that you have to speak up if you've been impacted, to speak up if you you have lived experience, uh, but also just to get educated if you are one of those people that maybe hasn't lost anybody. Get educated about mental health because the more that you do get educated, the more you'll realize that you probably actually have been impacted or, oh, you know what? Maybe you, you know Aunt Sue wasn't crazy. After a conversation with my parents, we realized that maybe Aunt Sue or Uncle Bill Uh, maybe had bipolar disorder, or they, you know, suffered from depression or anxiety. And and maybe this is something that we need to talk about in our family, uh, because it's probably linked somewhere else. And and that's, those are the conversations that I really want to empower and and challenge people to do, because you don't need to add a family member, a friend or yourself to a stat. What we need is to see those, those numbers go down. um, But the only way they're going to go down is, is to have an increase A massive increase in conversation.
1: Where do people go to find out more information about your organization to get the education, maybe take that first step that they need to take to get the help that they need? Where should they go?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can just go to hopefortheday.org or hftd.org. Simply Google it because everything is, is very easy to be found there. Um, you can get educated. You can get involved, and you can learn how to take action with us because we are stronger together. And uh, there, it's not about me; it's about we. And uh, together, we kick some ass.
1: <laughs> that is true. Hey, Johnny Boucher, founder of Hope for the Day. Seriously, man, I I appreciate you taking some time for me. I know you got a lot of stuff going on right now, so thanks for squeezing me in. And really, keep fighting the good fight, man. I really appreciate what you're doing.
0: Can't stop, won't stop, baby
1: big thank you to Johnny Boucher from Hope for the Day. If you've been struggling and maybe you need some support, don't hesitate to visit hopefortheday.org for some great resources and options for help. Also, never hesitate to speak about your struggles and look for the help that's out there. And thank you so much for listening to this and all of the episodes of Be More Well. I really appreciate your time and hope you found some inspiration today. Until next week, take care of yourselves.